Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Life and faith is a journey with many lessons learned on the way, most especially when that way is not at all where or how we expect. Based on the story of Abraham from Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 through 6, and Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 16, here's the message that we're calling On the Way. And it begins with a story about the Maine woods and about stars. It is, for me, one of the most beautiful moments of Abram's story in the Old Testament. In his moment of great doubt and uncertainty, God comes to Abram in a vision. And bringing him outside, points up to the night sky and says to Abram, look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, so shall your descendants I know that I have shared with you on several occasions now from this pulpit that one of the most treasured places of my memory is that of a little one-room cabin deeply nestled in the woods of Aroostook County, Maine. It was my father's hunting camp. Now, more than just a place for hunting and fishing and snowmobiling in the winter, it was my father's special place of retreat. In fact, I always got the feeling that my father felt more like himself in that camp than almost anywhere else in the world. And some of my fondest memories of him uh, always involved that little camp. And I got to tell you, the feeling was contagious. You remember how last Sunday I spoke about how to dwell in the wilderness has long been the stuff of my long-held dreams Well, that was the place that fueled those dreams. Now, one of the things I loved about that camp, friends, is that while it wasn't particularly hard to get to, it was, in fact, about two miles from anywhere. And basically, it required parking one's car out by the main road and then setting out to walk across pastures, along old tote roads, and through a fair amount of dense green forest, and yes, as I have talked to you here before, a goodly amount of good old-fashioned Maine pucker brush. (laughs) Gotta tell you, friends, I took that walk in and out of camp on countless occasions over the years. When I was young with my father and when I was older, I would come from uh, uh, from Holton, where I was living at the time, and elsewhere, and I would park that car and I would go in. In all kinds of weather, too. Often bitterly cold air and a little crusty snow on the ground beneath my feet. Very often in the dark of night with nothing but a singularly undependable 299 ever-ready flashlight and the stars above to light my way. Now, i got to tell you, friends, I've always taken some pride in the fact that I knew that particular stretch of land very well, pretty much like the back of my hand. And in the daylight, I could make that journey in and out of camp without even a second thought. Once it was nighttime, it was like I 
would be walking on a path I had never walked before. There was nothing that would look the least bit familiar with me, and that flashlight never helped. The increasingly dim light of that cheap flashlight made every tree look pretty much the same. And again and again, I'd find myself wandering off the trail. I'd stumble on a, uh, a fallen branch. At times, I would look up and I realized I was far afield from where I was supposed to be going. The truth is, the longer that I plodded along, the less sure of myself I became. And I will admit that more than once, I got a bit nervous about ever finding my way out of those woods. So, given all that, you can understand my joy, my utter relief, when suddenly I'd look skyward and I would see above me a literal canopy of scars, the Milky Way and the heavens spread out before me in all its glory and wonder and constancy. And I say constancy because when I saw that, I knew I'd made it. Somehow, some way, I found my way through those woods, even if I'd gotten there without realizing it <laughs> or despite my best efforts. Truly, of course, I, I had a ways to go yet, be it the remaining walk into the camp or going across the pastures and up the road to get to my car. But I, now I knew it would not be long before I reached the promised land of my own journey. The promise having been fulfilled now in the glory of this sky filled with stars. Before I felt discouraged, I felt lost, felt all alone. I began to wonder if I would ever find my way out that, that trail. But now I knew where I was. Now I knew which way to go. And I was on the way in earnest. Actually, you know what? As I think back on it all these years later, this wasn't altogether unlike a number of other journeys I've taken in my life. Times and situations where I found myself wandering far off the trail that was set before me. <laughs> and unless I miss my guess here, most of you can likely say pretty much the same thing. I mean, most of the time, you're out there walking along life's pathway, and, and it's all straight ahead with no problems at all, right? Or at least there's no major difficulties along the way. <clears throat> there's a few bumps here and there, a couple twists and turns, but you're going straight ahead. There's work. There's family. There's the hopes and dreams you've been working toward as you go. A home, a career, a little money in the bank. Retirement looming just beyond the next horizon or two. And you're going straight ahead. But then, then, just as you think you're walking straight ahead, something happens. The economy takes a nosedive. A spouse, a family member, or you end up having to deal with a change in your life, something involving a job or an unexpected medical issue or worse. Suddenly you look up and you find out your children or your grandchildren are facing stuff in life that 
they never should have had to handle. But as the saying goes, it is what it is, and there's no avoiding it. And now, suddenly, without any warning at all, that straight-ahead pathway you thought you were walking on is twisting in every direction, and there's all manner of potholes and pucker brush before you. So, okay, you change course a bit, right? You take some evasive action, as it were. But nothing seems to work, and despite the fact you keep checking to remember where you are, despite the fact that you have been proactive in making the proper course corrections to stay on track, eventually you look up and you find yourself far from where you wanted or ever intended to be. Before you were on the way. And now you're just lost. Now what's interesting about our text for this morning from the book of Genesis that uh, Gail shared with us is that it actually represents <clears throat> the third time that God has promised to make of Abram, soon to be known as Abraham, a great nation so that you will be a blessing, God says. Now, we don't really know for sure how long it's been. Maybe it's been 10 years, perhaps even a little longer. We don't know how exactly, though, how long it's been since Abram and Sarai, Sarah, by God's instructions, packed up their belongings and first began their journey of faith towards God's promise of a child and a land and a future in which they would be a blessing. But we do know, no matter how long it has been, as we pick up the reading today, it hasn't happened yet. And now when God comes again to Abram, this time in a dream, a vision, he says to Abram, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. And when he says that to Abram, truth be told, Abram isn't buying it anymore. After all, Quote Craig's Barnes of uh, Princeton Seminary. This is the third time that Abram has received this promise. Three times, three promises, no baby. And so even amidst this divine vision that Abram is experienced, Abram proceeds to, guess what? Argue with God about it. He says to God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. In other words, writes Craigs Barnes, he says, get realistic, God. It's hard to keep hoping for that which you keep promising us because the hope has become painful now. And how are we to keep moving on the way when the hope that you have promised doesn't seem all that hopeful anymore. <clears throat> and that's when God takes Abram outside. And that's when God points to the stars above. That's a vision I would have loved to have seen. God himself pointing to the stars that he created. He says to Abram, look towards heaven and count the stars if you're able to count them. <laughs> I love the qualifier there, by the way. Count the stars. Can you do it? 
I don't think so, but you can try. Likewise, God says, you can count your descendants. Don't worry, Abram. You're going to have a big family. And we're told in the very next verse that Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. He believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And I read that, and I have to tell you, i got to wonder. I wonder specifically about how long it took for Abram to come around to truly believing, believing again, actually, in God's promise. Because you'll notice here that God doesn't, in this passage that we have read today, God doesn't offer a whole lot of comfort in response to Abram's complaints. And neither is Abram given any kind of a fresh timeline as to how and when God's promises were going to be fulfilled. All he's given is this vision of stars. How long, I wonder, did Abram have to gaze at those stars before he understood? Did he start trying to orient where he was by all those stars? And, and did he start counting them? Actually, did he start counting those stars, lose count? Okay, I'll start again. Starts again and loses count again before he gives up on the counting and he thinks to, to himself, oh, maybe that is what God was talking about. Maybe this is a promise so much bigger than me and Sarah having a baby and gaining an heir. All we really know, once again, is that upon seeing the stars of heaven, Abram does believe in the promise, in what God is saying. And we're told, as the New International Version translates it, that it credited to him, God credited it to him as righteousness. There's a whole lot that's interesting about this passage. But one thing that's interesting to me about it is that in ancient Hebrew, the word that's used here for believed as emunah, which is actually better translated as trusted. And what it suggests is a faith that is steady and persistent. So in other words, what we find out here is that Abram trusted God, but not only trusted God, he trusted God for the long haul knowing that even though the way ahead would still be fraught with danger and uncertainty, Abram could move ahead with the certainty that God's promises would be fulfilled. And this was considered by God to be the truly faithful response. Interesting. We also, by the way, see this in our second text for this morning, the one from Philippians, in which Paul is writing about his own journey of faith, his determination, <clears throat> excuse me, his determination to live his earthly life with what he refers to just after our reading today as a citizenship that is in heaven, living ever and always in expectation of a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the destination, says Paul, and that is the way on which I am traveling. But, he says, it is a journey that has its own shares of unknowns. 
And as it is for any of us who seek to adhere to the model of Jesus Christ in our lives, it is an arduous journey as well. And Paul knows this, and he says it up front. Not that I've already obtained this. Not that I have already reached the goal. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made it his own. In other words, as believers, as those who trust in the Lord, there is a pathway we follow. And there is a destination that we seek on the way toward a life wholly lived in God's light and glory. But though the way will most certainly be difficult at times, and though there will be moments when our pathways may seem to be meandering far from where we expect, if we're even managing to stay on that pathway at all. Nevertheless, we keep going. Nevertheless, we seek to stay on course. Forgetting what lies behind, Paul says, and straining forward to what lies ahead. Pressing on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ keeping on the journey no matter what, walking and living along faith's pathway as we've always been called to do, moving forward even amidst the storms and the darkness and the uncertainty we face, secure in the knowledge of the sure and certain promise of life abundant and eternal, and staying true on the way to who and whose we are and have always been from the very beginning, holding fast to what we have attained and wholly trusting God every step along the way. If we will do this, it will bring us, maybe not immediately, almost certainly not immediately, and not with a few difficult detours along the way, but eventually, and in due season to that promised destination. When I was young, you know, as was and I think still is required in Maine, I took a hunter safety course in school. And part of that class involved what to do if you find yourself lost out in the woods. I remember our instructor, another teacher at the school, and himself, uh, uh, a very seasoned woodsman himself. Emmett Stevens was his name. And he spent a lot of time in that class telling us about the stars. And about how one star, the North Star, was always there as a compass in the heavens pointing us northward. And if you know where north was, then you could figure the rest out from there. Friends, I've got to tell you something. To this very day, Whenever I am beneath a starlit sky, particularly if I find myself in a place I've never been before, I am compelled to go out and find that bright beacon of light. I think about the very first week I moved into the parsonage way back in 2012. One night I went out in the backyard, just looked up just so I could find the Big Dipper. And once I found the Big Dipper, I would follow down the edge of that constellation 
to locate that one particular star in the heaven. Because without that, how was I ever supposed to know where I was? Mountain Road, well, that's just a name on a road. But the North Star, <laughs> that's something you can count on. To know where you're going, you see, it does help. It truly helps to know where you are. But even more so, it helps to know who you're with. As we walk on the way of life and faith with all of its rugged terrain, it does do us good to seek out the light we need. That strong and unalloyed beacon of light that is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is the promise of stars for us on the way. He is the assurance that while the walk of faith is not always going to be easy, and it might well be long, the destination nonetheless is clear. And most importantly, we will never be walking that way alone. Thanks be to God that he's with us on the way. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, On the Way. And it was recorded during our March the 13th service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire. If you'd like to be part of one of our services live and in person, know that we gather every Sunday morning for worship at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road. That's just off exit 16 on I-93 in Concord. Or you can always join us for one of those services live online via Facebook Live or afterwards on our East Church YouTube channel. However it happens for you, we would love to have you be with us, and I do think you'll be glad you came. So with that, we come to the close of another episode of this Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening and for your continued support of this podcast. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.